Welcome back to Vision of Zion. I'm Craig Perry. Uh, this is a continuation of my interview with Sean White on Sunday, February 26th of 2023. This is the final installment. I decided to break up that last recording into two parts to keep each one of these in a bite-sized amount of time. Uh, in this, we discuss the future by looking at other accounts of the last days by other people who have had dreams, visions, out-of-body experiences, and then get Sean's opinion about those things. I'd like to read for you, Sean, some passages that came from people who had either visions or out-of-body experiences and just get your impression about them, okay? Okay. This first one is by Charles D. Evans. He was a patriarch in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in Springville, Utah. And in 1893, he, he uh, had published his, his dream that he had. Uh, it was in volume 15 of the Contributor magazine, which later became known as the Improvement Era. So he has this vision of America and its prosperity. Talks about how uh, people abroad, I'm going to quote now, people abroad pointed to America as a model nation, the ideal of the past now realized and perfected the embodiment of the liberty which was sung by poets and sought for by sages but he's he's got a guide like you did but continued the messenger thou beholdest a change confidence is lost wealth is arrayed against labor labor against wealth yet the lands abound in plenty of food and raiment and silver and gold in abundance so in other words there's these shortages that are being created but not because the earth can't supply them Thou seest also the letters written by a Jew have wrought a great confusion in the finance of the nations, which together, and then here's the what I want to key on, together with the policy of many wealthy ones has produced distrust and do produce further sorrows. I think one of the versions said presage, but anyway, it produces further. So the policy of many wealthy ones and the fact that there's uh, there's plenty of food and raiment, I mean, are we not seeing this unfolding right before our very eyes where we have uh, the war in Ukraine? We have the now we have uh, uh, we don't have the the fertilizer being made. And then there are those who are the the uh, the climate uh, environmentalists who want to uh, mold the whole future based on climate change, no matter how many people it might kill or distress because poor people. These these people in poor lands with poor soils, they can't produce anymore. Even in the bigger, richer countries, they're going to have a hard time producing without the fertilizers. And it's these policies of a few wealthy ones, people that go to Davos, these the World uh, Economic Forum. We see people who are not even elected officials putting great pressure on elected officials through whatever means they have available to make these policies that lead to these kinds of conflicts exactly what we don't realize is that because i've got an agriculture background and grew up ffa and and farming and a dad with a research background uh, scientific and plant studies that our fertilizers help us to produce 10 times more per acre than what we did without fertilizers so if we go without them we have to have a lot bigger areas but at the same time 
with the new economic policies and everything, they say that cows are producing too much CO2. And so in many of the foreign countries, they're diminishing herds back from um, to less than 10% of what the farmer was originally growing because of the CO2 emissions. And these things, it talks about in Isaiah, make absolutely no sense at all. One of those is that through the background that I have, the times when the earth was the greatest and the growing the most, CO2 emissions were actually the highest. And in fact, they have many greenhouses that actually take off of a power plant and take those emissions, run them through the greenhouse to increase CO2 emissions and grow things at tremendous higher rates. And when you get the long-term studies out there, you find out that we are at one of the lowest points in the history of CO2, but yet also the lowest greenery and the lowest stuff. So it just doesn't make sense. But that is written out in Isaiah before our eyes that policies and things don't make sense. And, and governments have a track record of getting stuff wrong, a long track record. I uh, won't get into that now. We'll address that another time. He goes on to say, factions now spring up as if by magic, like, you know, uh, these these groups pitted against one another spring up, like you said, in a day, right? Capital right. had entrenched itself against labor and throughout the land, labor was organized in opposition to capital. Here we go. The voice of the wise sought to tranquilize their powerful factors in vain. Okay, the wisest among us couldn't get traction. Excited multitudes ran wildly about. Strikes increased. Lawlessness sought a place in the regular government. Do we have lawlessness seated in our government today? Is that happening? Oh, yes. The warring back in Washington is so bad, we just cannot get anything done. There's so many cities that we, you know, they say they're controlling the the stealing and the murder rate and everything, but everything that they do is exacerbating the problem to the point you don't dare go out at night in many places. It goes on to say, at this juncture, I saw floating in the air a banner whereupon was written, quote, bankruptcy, famine, floods, cyclones, blood and plagues. Boy, I mean, we are seeing some of this today. I'm going to skip down some of the gruesome parts here, but listen to this one. Monuments erected to perpetuate the names of the noble and brave men were ruthlessly destroyed by combustibles. I mean, did we not see this during uh, the riots post George Floyd's uh, very tragic death? We had people rioting in the streets, tearing down the uh, monuments to people who we admire. Yeah, the statues of great heroes of our nation that helped bring about the end of slavery and lead our country in powerful direction are now, you know, we can't talk about them or they're, they're bad people, which makes no sense that we should rewrite the history, you know, in a different way. Let's skip now to... Uh... Ezra Taft Benson was had an agricultural background. He was the Secretary of Agriculture under Dwight D. Eisenhower, while he was also an apostle 
for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And in 1976, when he was the senior apostle, meaning he would have been the next one and did become the next one to become the president of the church following the death of Spencer W. Kimball, he wrote a pamphlet called A Plea for America at the Bicentennial. And uh, he says the following. I'm going to skip some of this down. He he He's making a case for capitalism versus communism. And he says, here's a quote, as the issues, and this is amazing because this is even clearer now than it was when he spoke it, you know, 50 years ago. He says, uh, as the issues become clearer and more obvious, all mankind will eventually be required to align themselves either for the kingdom of God or for the kingdom of the devil. As these conflicts rage, either secretly or openly, the righteous will be tested. God's wrath will soon shake the nations of the earth and will be poured out on the wicked without measure. This is exactly what you were saying earlier, Sean. But God will provide strength for the righteous and the means of escape and eventually the final truth. And finally, truth will triumph. Yes, I've as I've grown to love Isaiah where I used to skip over it and be frustrated with it, I now find answers and soothing and comfort in it because he talks about at a certain point as the people have turned their hearts more to God that he sends a servant, one that would open up the way for the Savior and would provide protection for the Lord's children, those that have truly turned their heart to him and are steadfast in Christ. Let's read another uh, quote. This is by uh, a person who attended, I believe, the dedication of the Cardston Temple, or maybe it was during the uh, open house period. I don't recall exactly now. And the name I've seen is spelled different ways. The first name is Souls. Uh, the last name, like I said, I've seen it spelled differently. I think one version was Guardista. Guardista. This would have been in the 1920s, I believe. And had an open vision, and here's what this person said. Quote, each country in turn was shown, this means the, 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 the guide that was showing this, each country in turn was shown its anarchy, hunger, ambitions, distrusts, and warlike activities, and so on, and in my mind was formed from some source the words, quote, as it is today with the Gentiles. I saw the international world war automatically break down and national revolution occur in every country and complete the work of chaos and desolation. I saw geological disturbances occur, which helped in this work as if it were intended to do so. Uh, I saw the Cardston Temple preserved from all this geological upheaval. I saw the international boundary line disappear. This is between Canada and the U.S., as these two governments broke up and dissolved into chaos, I saw rioting among the upon the American continent on a vast scale. And I'll just skip down a little bit. It says, my impression was uh, from the outbreak of the international war, these things developed into a continuous procession and almost ran concurrently. And then, so you've got this breakdown again, uh, Sean, uh, beginning at an international level. And then things just descending into chaos for a period. Yes, it, it is. One thing that um, 
I have, I keep have fighting this pattern over and over again is that the more that we are Christ-like and the more that we treat one another Christ-like, the less a part of all these afflictions we are. I was just visiting tonight with my daughter about my great-grandmother who lived through the Great Depression there and the stock market crash of 29 uh, things. And they, out there in their remote farming communities, did a lot of bartering and they always like had this Saturday night gathering where they danced and they brought in their extra and their surplus of the gardens they had or other things and traded and swapped, you know, even stamps to get tires and stamps to get shoes and stuff, which were so limited. But she said, told me when I asked her about this time period, uh, it really wasn't that bad. We didn't have a lot of it, being farmers. We didn't have much money on the stock market and we continued on, but it was because of their, christ-like attitudes and their sharing with one another that it would didn't affect them really as much so let's let's close with this last quote which is goes along the lines you just described and again folks we're talking about the great reset and what the fallout's going to be if this plan is implemented uh this is uh from the book visions of glory and this is what spencer related to the author john pontius uh, I saw that whenever this time was that I was being shown, the financial structure of the world had completely collapsed. Every bank had closed down and money was worthless. People were learning to trade and barter. Manufacturing industry were at a virtual standstill. No raw materials, no money to pay the workers. Factories, global businesses shut down overnight. All the utilities were in chaos. People tried to keep the necessities of life running, but they were sporadic and mostly offline. So this goes on for many months and people suffering. So um, I can't see anywhere in these prophecies where a, uh, a group of secular leaders in the world, globalists who want to create this global program uh, are gonna fix anything. Everything is saying it's gonna be complete chaos. Yeah, and I think that if we step back a little bit further, we can see the beginning battle between the first beast and the second beast that Revelation talks about. On one side, here we have America, and they're standing with the UN and the NATO countries, and they have aligned themselves with uh, Klaus Schwab and with George Soros and an open society, and they're trying to, uh, in fact, they are pushing towards no borders in North America, so that North America is all one country. So Mexico and Canada would would all be considered one country. So there, your lines are disappearing. And this clash between these two ideologies of the BRICS countries and what they're trying to do versus the UN and stuff. And so this war with the Ukraine is really the, kind of the tip of the iceberg of the two ideologies coming against each other. And the, watching this play out before our eyes but at some point here there's going to be uh, a point where the camel can't hold any more straws you pull the one straw and everything collapses and we're just on that point of teetering right now with the amount of money the banks have in them but the goal of this first beast and everything is to collapse the financial world order so that you they can get us on digital money and can get us more subservient to them and have more 
control over us if they force us to their system. So there's a, a lot of, it's so interesting going back and forth like this. Well, I think we've covered the Great Reset and the dangers, which is in direct uh, opposition to the kingdom of God, That the kingdom. And when I say kingdom, we'll talk about this more. But the kingdom does not mean that everybody has the same religious uh, conviction. A kingdom is a political kingdom. And they are established to protect people's fundamental rights to of worship and and offer other forms of protection. We're not talking about uh, this oneness that we see with the new world order or the world order or the great reset that they're trying to shove down our throats right now that we all intuitively are sensing. Many of us are sensing is not is not going to work. And it, it's it's being brought in. Uh, under Marxist principles, communistic principles, which do not work. Uh, there's a great piece I listened to the last couple of days. I listened to it twice by uh, Jordan Peterson uh, talking about how the um, elite globalists are basically introducing a system which is going to lead to the starvation and suffering of tens of millions of people. Because remember, the richer countries and the richer people, they might make it through this, but not the poor people. You raise gas prices a little bit. You you make their soil unable to produce these yields that we become dependent upon by using uh, fertilizer. And all these things uh, come together to cause massive suffering on a scale that we've never seen before. Um, uh, it happened in Russia between 1919 and 1959, he went on to say, and I know he's done his homework because I've read and begun to read some of the books he's read. Uh, the, the Gulag Archipelago by Alexander Solzhenitsyn describes it very well. And there are other books, historical books you can read about what happened in Russia. Uh, this system of Marxism does not work. It leads to the death and misery of millions and millions of people. And that's where we're headed unless we uh, can wake up and repent and come in alignment with the principles taught on Mount Sinai and by the Savior on the Sermon on the Mount. In Isaiah there, I love how he brings about uh, that there'll be a statue erected unto Christ in our nation, and there'll be five non-Hebrew-speaking cities, meaning they're comparing it to Egypt at the time, but five cities within us that rewrite their charters in which they put God first. And then things start to turn around with the servant coming. But I love Ken Peters in his example, after his near-death experience and all the things that he saw, he took off and went to South America for a while and got the farmers to fasting and praying for their crops and when they th thought they couldn't produce anymore, that the soil was depleted or they just couldn't produce anymore, through the fasting and prayer, the yields were tenfold and night and day difference through simple Christ-like principles, which I think that's what the Lord is having us do by having us face these tribulations this way is to go back to the basics. Well, Kenneth Peters' vision is uh, one of the best uh, I've ever listened to. 
uh, became a preacher. I've seen photographs of the vegetables that they produced. Oh, the size of those carrots and those other things they produced were amazing. I didn't hear about the that he was using prayer and other things to uh, create that uh, uh, yield. But uh, uh, and he recently passed away, unfortunately. But if you haven't seen his, uh, I think he was in front of the uh, the called the Prophecy Club in the early nineties. Uh, he went on for about, uh, I just found the videos. I'll look at the time. It was about two hours and 21 minutes. You just got to listen to what he had to say uh, about about the future. Many things were like we're talking about now. He, he did a beautiful job. He may use some words that are not in our background, but they're saying the same thing. I, I love right. listening to that. Well, uh, in another episode, what we'll do... Uh, listeners is we will go over revelation 12 13 and 14 and discuss in more depth uh the kingdom of god that is that is being born on the earth uh has been born if you follow the sign uh predicted by the sign in the heavens in september of 2017 and then talk about the uh the raging i think you should talk about that if you didn't already uh sean you talked about did you talk on the podcast about how a, a cornered animal even though it's you know death is imminent will still fight like a dragon and this is what satan's going to do in the last days was that was that a side discussion or did you bring that up on the podcast it was maybe a side discussion that you and i've had but i've got some neat examples that i've seen in the real world as we've hunted mountain lions and bears that way we'll talk about that because you got the dragon who's really putting on a show in revelation 12 i mean it's it's uh not a show it's life and death and then revelation 13 is kind of the pinnacle and then revelation 14 is the dismantling of this uh, kingdom of satan that cannot last and will not last so what do you think should we end it here and then we'll uh, proceed with that another time yeah, I think that'd be great. Okay. Well, thank you for listening to Vision of Zion. This has been episode 27, and we'll be back uh, next week with a few more installments. Uh, Sean, would you mind joining us again to discuss this further? I would love that. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, everybody. Until next time.